Confidential podcast brought to you by DaytimeConfidential.com. On today's show, we're counting down the top five all-time romantic couples in soap. So stay tuned. This is Daytime Confidential's first top five podcast in a long, long time. I didn't want to go back, but it's been at least a year or two since we've done one. Valentine's is here. So I was thinking, hmm, let's do a a top five romantic all-time couples podcast. We've done some couples podcasts before, but it's like, you know might be some new couples there might be some classics that we may have missed in the past so we're going to kick this off the first podcast in years that's a top five top five all romantic couples joining me today five every time the number five is mentioned a drinking game take a shot there I got there we five go on it yeah what well, uh, joining me today, we have our resident smooth operator, Jillian Bo. Welcome. Oh, my God. I like it. Hello. Oh, shut <laughs> oh shit. That was cool. And bringing the sexy back is Mike Jubendal. Hey. Well, welcome. <laughs> that was dope. That was dope. <laughs> also joining us today is Sarah Babel, who, who just called to say she loves soaps. Welcome. Thank you, everybody. And finally, we have Jamie Giddens, who already knows what love is. What's going on? I don't know what's going on. I think you've gotten into some booze or something. Who are you? I'll allow it. (laughs) Well, let's kick off the countdown. Jillian, who do you have at number five? Oh, wow. My number five. This is mine. You heard what Luke said. I wore top. Five, not all time, but my top five at number five. I'm gonna say it. I loved Stefan and Laura from General Hospital when he first came on the scene. You knew there was he was pissed off about her abandoning Nicholas and leaving his brother, but I just got the sense before GH played it, you just got the sense that it was more. And then when the story unraveled, you're like, oh, shit, it was this forbidden romance. And you're supposed to be rooting for Luke and Laura because that is GH's staple couple. And I was like, fuck Luke with that dried out perm. I'm like, you better go hunt Stefan. And she did. And it was amazing. The couple was just fantastic and just kind of sad that they didn't get to play out more of that. But whatever. There you go. Okay, Mike. Okay, my number five. I have to qualify this by saying that I only pick stuff that I watched over the years. So it was very difficult to narrow it down to five. But um, I picked Cliff and Nina because they were one of the first couples that I watched on All My Children. (laughs) That's Um, He's not a doctor, but he plays one on TV. (laughs) Uh, Peter Bergman and Taylor Miller uh, and the evil Palmer Cortland. Who could forget that? Nina was a girl with a lot of money, and she met Dr. Cliff in the hospital, and Palmer did everything possible to keep them apart, including lying that she could have a cure for her blindness. So um, there was a a nurse named Sybil who tried to get Cliff all to herself, so she decided she was going to sleep with him, and she got knocked up, 
and then they got married in a fairy tale wedding and they got divorced after that <laughs> she found out that that child was cliffs and uh you know between presumed deaths and affairs and all that stuff all these years later they still are together and living a happy life together how so, odd was that I, that palmer did not want his daughter with a doctor like these days like you know fathers will throw their daughters through like med like doctor's bedrooms like male yeah. doctor's bedrooms they'll be like girl get over there like that was so bizarre well, you know, I don't know. Want, want her for himself, basically. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I kind of felt that, you know, Nina came from, like, money, and, you know, Cliff maybe didn't, and maybe there was some sort of class thing going on. But um, there was a lot. You know, All My Children was so good at oh, that time. Yeah. I mean, with all the stuff with, oh. you know, Nina's mother and the housekeeper, and it was just and, – and then there was Donna and Chuck and Benny and Estelle and, and – Billy Clyde. So it was all good. Oh, you know? shit. The original BC. But yeah, like <laughs> the undertones, like Jamie said, when you watch it, the undertones, you're watching it, you know, well, I watched it like on YouTube because it was before my time. Sorry, Mike. But um, I was like, is he like, is Nina really his daughter or what? I'm like, he's acting like a jilted lover. It was so fantastic. Yeah, he's Sarah, mean, mean Palmer. <laughs> Who do you have at number five? Sarah? Um, I went with um teenage Liz and Lucky from General Hospital. I oh, was good one. Thinking, I was thinking of like what is actual romance? You know, not love, not <laughs> sex, romance, and that was just truly um the way Lucky. He loved Liz. She she hated herself at the time after she was raped. He would not give up on her. He saw, you know, she was afraid, so he just slept platonically on her floor for months oh. so she would feel comfortable. I mean, that oh. was just pure, sweet, innocent love. And I will always be a um a uh, Liz and Lucky fan because of that beautiful storyline and of course it was played by you know, Becky Hurst and Jonathan Jackson were fantastic together, especially given how young they were at the time. And it showed that, like, a socially responsible storyline can also be an interesting storyline and an emotional storyline. And, you know, I'd like to see another young soap couple like that again come down the pike. Oh, I'm so glad you included them. They were one of my honorable mentions, and I was like, I'm. I, I started compiling the list. It's like, okay, I got to cut this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jamie, who do you have at number five? Okay, <laughs> as I told you before the podcast, I did something different. I pulled a Luke because I feel like after eight years of doing this podcast, I've already told who I think the my favorite couples in daytime are probably 14 times on a, on a top five just like this. And everybody knows it would be a huge drinking game if I told them again because they all would come from another world in Santa Barbara. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> probably, probably except for Sonny and Brenda, but you all know my faves are Bo and Hope, Cruz and Eden, Mac and Rachel, Ryan and Vicky. So I decided to go with who have been the most romantic couples for me over the past six years or so, but since t 2010, so that I okay. can keep it fresh, so that I don't have to wax poetic about Cruz and Eden for an hour. So my number five 
more recent romantic couples from me, number five is Rick and Maya from The Bold and the Beautiful. Um, the most refreshing uh, story romance I've seen on daytime in, in a, gosh, probably a decade. The fact that it's interracial, the fact that there was the class distinction of, you know, the street urchin turned model falling for the Trustafundian, you know, or Trustafarian rather. And, you know, all of that, even before we get to this huge reveal that she's transgender and everybody thinking, oh, oh, he's going to dump her. He's going to dump her. And then they're going to bring on another transgender lover for her or something. You know, they're going to cop out some kind of way. But it's like, no, they zigged when we thought they would zag. And he continued to affirm his love for this woman. And now they're having a baby carried by her sister. And it's just fresh, romantic, and smart, and I love it. So that's my number five of more current romantic stories. Because y'all tired of hearing me talk about Mac and Rachel, right? I kind of did want to hear it. Like, shut up. I wanted to hear But I've done it a thousand times. He does it every week. He does it every week. He does it. Exactly. Every time I get That's mad at That's not a, our fault. Every, That's not our fault. Every time fault, I get mad at a current soap, I bring up them. So it's like, what's the point? They know. Well, coming in at number five for me is a couple that might surprise some people because I am known to loathe one of the characters in You loathe them. But before loathe. he ate... Loathe is not a word. Before... He ate general or all my children. Ryan Lavery romanced Jillian Androsky on an All My Children. And I loved their romance. This was before I hated him with a passion. And there it was in the early days of when I started General Hospital. Because all my there was, children. The earth all my children. I can't talk to them. There was just something so romantic about him. And I followed him. I was going back and I was watching the clips again today of their wedding. And it was like, oh, God, they just that period in all my children, at least for me, had Jillian and Ryan, another couple who's going to be on my list, who I'm sure everybody already knows. But that was such a good period of all my children and none of the soaps today can even compare for me when I look back at the couples that I really loved on that show. So coming in at number five is Jillian and Ryan. Uh, Number four, Jillian. My number four is from one of Jamie's shows. Growing (laughs) up. Let me get my drink. Uh Uh-uh. Don't get your drink, child. Your your throat's going to be real parched. And that is from Days. That is Bo and Carly 1.0. Not the Mm. 2.0. Not the 2.0. When When she mauled him? No. Yes, I don't mean that one. No, 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 son, no, ma'am. No. I mean 1.0. She was this uptight doctor. He was this bad boy trying to find himself. After his fancy butt, as Jamie likes to call him, or call her, I rather, died. And together, they they came together because of little Sean D and his little hearing issues, and then they fell in love. And you found out that she was not royalty, but she was an aristocrat. And she gave it all up 
because she wasn't trying to be chained to Lauren's creepy ass. And it was just amazing. The sexual undertones, man. Like back in the day, days was like days was pushing the envelope. They were just hot. Like every other moment, Bo would like, you know, she'd come, Carly would come in the room and Bo would just have to hunch. I'm like, I was really surprised that Carly never was pregnant for Bo. That really stunned me. And the I really wanted them to play it out with Hope, but, you know, I don't count 2.0. I don't do that. Nope. But to see um, Bo a love like that, to see Bo have a love like that outside of Hope, that was really good. And she... You mean Billy? No, I don't mean... No, outside of Hope. I'm joking. No, don't do that. I'm good. I don't need backup. Um, it was great. She's Diana Ross. She doesn't yeah. Use... I'm Diana Ross, bitch, and you the Supreme. How about that? It was great. It was fantastic to see played out. I, you know, I got excited when she, when Crystal Chappelle came back and they were going to redo that. And I'll just live on with YouTube with my fantasies of Bo and Carly 1.0 because, no, ma'am, mm-mm. But there you have it. Mike? Okay, I'm going to go back to a defunct soap. Surprise, surprise. Um, I, like Sarah, tried to pick the more romantic. Porsche faces life. (laughs) 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 Yeah, actually, there's only four. So they're pretty much all that way. (laughs) Valiant Um, lady. (laughs) um, I did try to pick people that were, or couples that were more romantic than you know, not like Sarah did. So um, I thought, uh, despite that there are other super couples on Guiding Light, I did pick Quentin and Nola as a romantic couple because what is more romantic Ooh. than taking a bad girl and and having her meet her Prince Charming and turn her into a good girl? So, well, she wasn't always good, but anyway. Nola had come off this really bad who's the daddy story well it wasn't bad it was bad for nola but it wasn't bad for us who watched it um who's the daddy story and um she started to have and she always wanted more than what she had living in the boarding house with mom so she decided that you know when she goes to bed at night she has these romantic uh visions of herself in classic movies and that was like a thread for a while that was funny Uh, vibrator All right now. So um, and then she met uh, Quint and uh, Quint was the guy that uh, accepted her and, um, you know, and she had that new baby and he was okay with that. And then Quint turned out to be Vanessa's brother and Quint or Vanessa and Nola didn't like each other. So uh, through all the ups and downs, um, Quint and Nola actually are still married or they were reconciling at the time at the end of the show. So there is my number four. Sarah, who do you have? Um, number four, I wanted to pick someone modern, and I went with Chelsea and Adam from Young and the Restless because I was trying to think of, like, who is the super couple today? And Rick and Maya, you know, very nice case made for Rick and Maya, but I was like, Adam, they went through the classic tropes. Adam was presumed dead. Adam came back from dead to dead and risked everything for Chelsea. Chelsea was pissed that he'd lied to her, but she couldn't give him up. And, you know, they, they have that, they have the fire, they've walked, you know, they've walked, 
they've picked each other over everything else. They can't keep e- their hands off each other. No, they have a lot of sex everywhere. They they have a lot of hot sex, like they like it was like 1987 or something on daytime when they're together, and <laughs> you know, and the actors have chemistry. They're both talented, and it's like they've been given the big "you're the one true love" arc in a way that most modern super couples can't because like most modern couples they're just like you're the one for me right now but like next week i'm gonna look at your brother and you know i'll shout <laughs> like that better and stuff so you know i was just like let's see i wanted to represent for today not just for the past right jamie and remember i'm doing that for my whole list so more recent couples on my top five so my number four is Kyle Lewis and Oliver Fish from One Life to Live. In my opinion, the first gay male couple in daytime to go there and get it right. You know, they didn't have sex standing up like Luke and Noah. They actually gave us a funky, hot, who's the top, who's the bottom, let's see what's going on, love scene. I still have chills at that moment because we waited so long for something like that. But since this is about romance and not just sex, the whole backstory of Fish and Kyle having dated in college or hooked up because Fish was so painfully in the closet and then them running into each other after having separate mini storylines in Landview, uh, Kyle with his shady you know, lab tech shenanigans, <laughs> medical shenanigans, as it were. And then Fish, you know, having dated Layla and hooked up with Stacy Marasco. God, Stacy Marasco. Remember when she was our biggest problem about daytime television? <laughs> oh, what we were she doing. was y'all. I know, I so, were so much better back then. What she I would y'all for her I to love be. That our biggest problem in daytime again. But, you know, he's hooking up. So, you know, Fish gave Vagina the college try. Um, and then Layla finds out he's on the down low, um, even though he wasn't, you know, he was on the down low, but it's not like he was out, you know, at a fisting party or anything. Okay, he was, stop, stop, you know, stop. He was trying to be, you know. <laughs> committed so but then the guys fell in love and it was everything you wanted uh even again yes, they even, when you say romance fisting party you have your romances and i have mine um, <laughs> they even ended up having a gaby and you know so what's better than that okay um <laughs> Coming in at number four for me is an As the World Turns couple who I absolutely adore. He had an accent. She had a heart of gold. Simon and Katie on As the World Turns. Good one. I forgot about that. I loved all the little things they did with Simon and Katie, like the, the snow at their wedding and Snickers the bunny and all these little romantic things that they just gave us along the way that culminated. And the... Even though their relationship had lots of ups and downs. Like him taking her virginity in the backseat of a car when he didn't even like her. Don't you make fun of my gay boys when you bring up a trashy couple I'm like not that. The, listen, I'm not <laughs> the one talking about this. So, <laughs> you don't know what Katie gets into. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, we're going to put this back on track. Thanks. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed Simon and Katie. They were wonderful. They were young love. They were romantic. Absolutely adorable. He was adorable. a decade older than her. Young love. They weren't Jeff and Penny. <laughs> Jillian, who do you have at number three? My number three will be, y'all should know, Sonny and Brenda. They are the baddest. They were the baddest. Oh, my God. Their chemistry when they met on those docks. Don't you remember, Jamie, when they met on those docks? It was just electric. They were just fresh off of their romances with punk-ass Karen and Jagger. And the chemistry and the sparks was just instantaneous. You know, Sunny was a little, I don't know if I want to mess around with this gal, because she was like, what? They said Brenda was quote-unquote 18 at the time or something like that? I think they said something like that. And she they was to... right out of her teens. Yeah, or something like that. Like, you know, they played this little cat and mouse game, and then they got together because of Frank Smith. I, You know, I was kind of, like, salty that Ron brought Frank Smith back because I'm like, he's supposed to be dead. We all dig his ass up at, but... You know, pulling out for the homie because if it wasn't for Frank Smith, Brenda and Sonny wouldn't really get together because she had to nurse him back to health. The chemistry was just instantaneous, and I don't care what nobody says. <laughs> yes, I was glad when Lily blew her bitch ass up in that car because I felt, Sonny, you could go to Brenda now. You could go to Brenda. Y'all could have y'all baby. Oh, God, when he left her at the church... Oh, I felt that in my soul. I felt that in my soul for that girl. Oh, my God. I felt <laughs> that in my bones. I was like, oh, you son of a bitch, Sonny. Mm. Oh. And then when he came Uh-oh. back. Oh, they don't do it. Oh, damn you, Luke, for bringing this up. Because you're going to make me go on YouTube and watch again. Uh, when he came back. And wanted his woman back. Sonny was like, I want my, that's my, that's my woman. I want her back. Oh, I was so for that. God damn it. Oh, and she had moved on with Jax and then he brought the frumpy Miranda Jax back. Yes. Don't do it. Don't take me there. Oh, God. If GH brings Brenda back and does a real triangle with her, Carly, and Sonny, shit. I'll lay off of them for all. I'll lay off of them for a good year. I swear to God. You have it on video. Well, Tammy, say it. You know, I really like J-Lo and Diddy. I was telling a friend. I am. No, get out of here. Sonny and Brenda are J-Lo and Diddy, and Kim Porter is Carly. Like, she had all the children. You know, she's got that one by somebody else that Diddy raised, just like Sonny raised Michael. And then the other boy is the Morgan. But J-Lo is Brenda, and Diddy is Sonny. You know. Oh, okay. Go Which ahead. means that Biggie Smalls <laughs> was Jason Morgan. And... No! What are you doing? Tupac was Alcazar! <laughs> no! What are you doing? I, I... You know, the Jamie, this would make an excellent post this on DC. <laughs> because you know they have this documentary coming out saying that Diddy put out a hit on Tupac or whatever. And I was like, you know. Rap in the 90s really was a lot like General Hospital. Sonny would have written, I need a girl for Brenda. I need a girl to ride, ride, ride. 
I'm sorry. I just I have a way of connecting the soap opera to everything. Listen, when you went and tweeted that story about the lady who returned after <laughs> yes. her fake death, I was like, that would be a good story for DC, real-life soap opera, back from the dead. <laughs> Let's see, where are we? Uh, Mike. Okay, my number three is a current but long-time couple, uh, Nikki and Victor on The Young and the Restless. Ah! Um, oh, I knew they were going to be <laughs> oh, They have to be. On someone's list. Yeah, they're still around. I mean, they're still kicking. So, um... As you know, like <laughs> they were still together. Victor, as he likes to remind his wife, pulled her off with Esther Paul. So after Nikki had been in the cult and spread VD around and had sex with Paul and everybody else, Daddy, um, just... <laughs> Victor was so captivated he just you know had to go out on a date with her, and um, through shootings and affairs and. Ashley Abbott and Diane Jenkins and Abby, they're still together. Even though I don't always love Victor because I feel like he's abusive toward Nikki, they had a nice little moment last week at, last week together before they oh, went they away. They did. They did. Yeah, they really, it kind of was like, okay, this Why is. Why do you have to do these games? Why do you have to play these games, my yeah. baby? Oh, get it, get it, get it. I said, get it, Nick is gonna get toe off the bone on that trip. <laughs> but that's what it comes down to for yes. those two. Like, I'm glad that Nikki fessed up to thug love. But you know, we can forget about the uh, other interferences. Like, there's a podcast for us. <laughs> now that we've done romantic couples, we could do top five thug love. Thug love. <laughs> Nikki was like, I was only pretending to like Neo so that... Now, the fact that they're 70 having this conversation is silly enough, but, you know, you know, I was only pretending to like Neo. Why do you have to play these games, my baby? You know I... DJ and Sammy, thug love. Yeah, they are. That's definitely thug love. She shot him in the head. (laughs) See, I like for me. I well, for me, I was like EJ and Sammy are a couple who I'd love to put on my list. But it's like when I think of them, I think of them as a hot couple and a sexy couple. But I don't remember all the romance. It is like a thug love podcast. Sex is romantic, people. I must. Uh, No, like Phyllis and Nick are hot, but they were never really romantic. Sex is romantic. Okay. Not always. Thug love though. Keep that in mind. Top five thug love. Okay, I That's hate how you're five. saying thug love. Yeah, you get a little excited. Luke is yes. feeling his oats tonight, isn't yes. he? Is All that uh, warm Sarah, sun and yeah. palm trees is just making him crazy. Thug, wonderful, Mike. It's wonderful. I'm having a romance. I don't want anybody sleeping on the floor next to me. At the end of the, at the, end of the champagne and the whipped cream, <laughs> there needs to be some sort of penetration. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Sarah. Um, <laughs> You have Sarah at number three. Well, since since Jamie's keeping it modern, I, I have got to be the one who represents for Santa Barbara, Mason and Julia specifically. Let me I get mean, yes. they um they quote you know, and in the classic tropes of romance, they gave each other first editions of poetry books. They quoted Shakespeare at each other, and when I was a a wee little kid who thought I could never be someone like Eden. I'll never get love because I don't look like a Barbie doll. There was Julia in her glasses, in her nerd ways, getting the hottest, smartest, funniest, richest guy on the show. And I was like, I am here for this. 
This Smart, is get me cerebral, brilliant Julia Wainwright. This is getting me through my middle. This is getting through middle school. Here is what I'm saying. <laughs> and for that crying. alone, it will, you know, and I, I think it wrecked me for life because I spent the rest of my life since looking for my own Mason Capwell, and that is a fictional character that does not actually exist. Go to the AA meeting. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's one place I have I'm not sure tried. There's a, there's a drunk quote in Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, and I mean, they went through thick and thin. And, like, when you think about it, like, back in the day, how contemporary for that time and edgy the way they got together was, where she was like, my biological clock is ticking. And so I'm just going to hire you to, like, you know, be my sperm donor because it's not no much more fun to get the, not much fun to go do the whole, you know, in vitro thing. And actually, long enough ago that that might not have even been all that common, especially for an unmarried woman. So she was just like, you got good genetic stock. Let's fuck. And, you know, ah, they yeah. are a beautiful, beautiful romance spun out of there. Um, you know, he was with Tori. Tori! Bitch-ass Tori! Had that baby on cruise! Yeah. And, you know, they had to work through a lot of obstacles that were both external and and internal in terms of, like, their own personal demons on both sides and their own complex psychological... Oh, I hated that storyline. I mean... Um, but I mean, they just really, I think we're like a foundational, like fictional couple for me that really just influenced like what I thought romance was. Cause I was so young at the time and like, so I have got to give them a place of honor on the list. And they survived three recasts. That's true. Give, That's insane. As, as much as Nancy has made me want to drink this last year, I still have to always give her her credit for managing to make me love Mason and Julia through three recasts. I, I mean, love two does? out of three. That's all I'm going to say. Like, Terry, well, yeah, I didn't really like Terry, too, but I still hung there with him. But as Jack Abbott, he was just all wrong for that part. Yeah. Well, <sighs> Melody wanted to be with us today but wasn't able to, so she texted me and goes, Luke, you have to do a shout-out for Josh and Reba. I thought she so was going to say, <laughs> That wasn't what Otalia. I was thinking it was going to be Cyrus. Jabby. And she liked oh. No, she wasn't. But she jabby. also liked Cyrus. I'm not and, uh, too. I'll take up for Mel on that one. Uh-uh, Sarah, you Cyrus and Marita. Cyrus. So there we go. Cyrus and Marita, yeah. but she said Josh and Reba. So, okay. Jamie, who do you have at number three? My number three has already been mentioned by Sarah, Adam, and Chelsea. Again, I'm keeping it modern for once. Um, I didn't go back to Valiant Lady, Um, but Adam and Chelsea are so hot. They are the, you know, I thought EJ and Sammy were the last of the super couples. And then um, the Young of the Restless cast Justin Hartley as Adam Newman. And I will be the first to say, when they cast him, I thought, huh? You know, because even though there's a plastic surgery involved, you think of the previous two Adams. You know, they're guys that, you know, you you might would swipe left for. (laughs) But, you know, you're not thinking either one is going to be on the cover of Playgirl. And then you get Justin freaking Hartley. And you're like, whoa, (laughs) everybody should blow up in a car. (laughs) Look, I want somebody to blow me up if I'm going to come back looking like Justin Hartley. So, but looks aside... 
dude is really talented. And from the moment he shared that first scene with Melissa Claire Egan, he played Adam and Chelsea as this against all odds, your love brought me back to you, super couple. Never felt that with Michael Muni and Melissa Claire Egan in the role. Never. The whole time Chatham was happening originally, I was going, where is Sharon? Where is Sharon? Sharon? Yeah. Sharon? Why are they ruining Chatham Muni for this? And, why? Muni and Case definitely had the chemistry. You know, I was like, why are they ruining Chatham for this? But now I'm like, Sharon, who? I don't even want Adam to, you know... Pass the peas to Sharon at, at Thanksgiving. I'm like, there you go. You just wanted to say pass the peas like you used to do. That's Adam all you want to do. Chelsea are it, and you know, they are the new Victor and Nikki, which that's what the show is going for, and it's the truth. You know, she confronted him last week about his lying and scheming, and he's all, nothing's going on between me and Luca. But she just... had that great conversation with Nikki. Yeah, and Nikki was like, you know, honey. <laughs> but it was a connection. <laughs> yeah, and you know, she got it. She's like, you're going to always be this way. Mm-hmm. And either I'm going to just be divorcing you and remarrying you and you running off to Kansas and meeting blind women and bullshit, or else I'm going to just have to figure <laughs> out how to deal. And I, I just love it. They are so sexy, and they really are. After so many years, that show has a new tentpole couple while keeping their older tentpole couples very viable. And yeah, you know, Adam and Chelsea, and it's emblematic of the fact that I'm really still enjoying The Young and the Restless in 2016 in my Oprah voice. You oh, by Chuck! You and by Chuck, by Chuck Pratt of all I people. know, Pratt is eating his Wheaties, I don't know what it is, he's living his best he's, life. He's going to the gym, he has a Fitbit. I'm going to tell you how much Pratt is doing good for me. Kane and Lily had the sexiest sex scene the other day. I was like, when I was watching, I was like, ooh, who is this? Is that Luca and uh, Marissa? Then I look, and I'm like, that's Kane and Lily? Damn. He wore her out. I loved it. I was like, whoa. He and then like, at the end of it, Kane was like, well, yeah, that was hot, but I don't really want to get back with you yet. Uh-huh. I mean, <laughs> you just broke her back in two, and you're like, yeah, I'm still not mad. I'm still mad at He's like, thanks for scratching this itch. I know. I was like, <laughs> break up sex move. But it was. Because Jill's got him locked up in a closet somewhere. That stuff oh. was hot. Why not? It's on fire right now. I'm like, what? What? Like, fuck fucking well, that. I know. Fucking... Well, you know, he did do Melrose Place, and that was some good stuff. So. I didn't watch that bullshit, so whatever. You didn't watch Melrose. Oh, that's a whole other podcast we're going to have. Anyway, leave it like that Seinfeld episode and hook you up to a lie detector test and find out if you're telling the truth. About Melrose? Oh, I yep. remember that episode. I had to, that, <laughs> that went a ways back, but I got that. Well, a, a top five wouldn't be a top five if I didn't have a tie. No. Um, that ain't fair. So, That's not fair. List so much, and you don't never like to make the list. That ain't no list. That's not fair. It's coming from the person who did an entirely different list. Oh, um, you have been oh, doing that, and I did an entirely different list. And as you have said, I make the rules up as we go along. So what else did you expect? I did ask if it was current or past, so... I said all time. Yes. I've accepted five times. That's why I made it modern. So coming in at number three for me are two couples from another world that involve oh God. basically three people. What? Jake and Vicky, who I absolutely loved. 
and I followed them to As the World Turns. That's how I started watching As the World Turns, and I'm so glad that even though Another World ended, it introduced me to that soap. But I loved Jake and Vicky. I, fo- I followed them religiously. When I was in high school, we didn't have TV, but I was still reading the recaps about Jake and Vicky. And what was the pack I, that he had made? And up? what was it? What did it say? Listen, <laughs> I am never to going to. I am never going to be the hardcore fan that you were, but for me, they were one of I'm my first. What did he ask her the to second, always do to Jake? The second for a couple for me is Ryan and Vicky because for me one of the I, one of the most iconic <laughs> moments in soaps period Lion. is when when they came together in heaven so which was very romantic until it went down. because they uh, had to die, he had they had to reunite in heaven because Joe Farron Phelps killed him on earth yes uh, you know <laughs> one of our one of our lifters a break and Luke fucks around and does this <laughs> you see one of our listeners said that they want us to do a daytime confidential one-on-one for our shorthand on things because uh-huh. they were like, what's the story behind Jamie's problems with Jill Farron Phelps? She and... destroyed my two favorite characters out of another world. Well, I shouldn't say that because Rachel and Vicky survived. She destroyed two of my favorite characters out of another world, and she <laughs> won't even take the blame for one of them. But yes. Yeah, let me, let me see if I can do a one-on-one a what? It, no, they let wanted me see us if to I could find like a, what our jargon is. Like, would we make fun of Luke or this or that or my uh, Frankie Frey? Here, here, here's it. It would, it would actually be a, it would be an interesting podcast. DC Jargon 101. Um, yeah. For new listeners, they say, for example, sometimes when I'm listening, I don't get all the inside jokes, like Jamie forgiving <laughs> Jill for Frankie. I don't know the history behind it, or the Kim Zimmer turning shit to sugar award. Go to YouTube, brother. Bam! Tell it, Mike. She walked through a fucking painting and fought Nazis. She turned that shit. <laughs> and that was, and that was a BBC worthy okay. documentary compared to. That little Claire on Days of Our Lives. This All right, now. Oh, the fears are going to get me. The fears. I think, I think that what we would have to do in order to do that podcast is to have people who were newer listeners email us or tweet us those things. Because some of that stuff is just so natural to us after eight years of podcasting. For us, we don't I'm even game think because I don't know. I'm totally, I'm totally game for it. But Claire, but, the fears, oh, the fears are gonna get me. The fears. So, in addition, in addition to including your top five list in the comment thread for this, if there's any questions that you want us to explain in a DC's jargon 101, put those in the comments as well. Your project. That's number one. And number two, be respectful because if you email in some bullshit, well, you've been warned. That's all (laughs) I'm going to tell you. Luke's project. I don't want any late night phone calls about this. There will be late night phone calls. It will be an email that goes, here's the DC Jargon 101 podcast. I've got the list. Here, be prepared. Okay. Number two, Jillian. Lucas just on his sassy shit, boy. I love it. And it's Saturday, not Sunday. That's why. <laughs> um, my is what it is. <laughs> my number two is from all my children. Ah! Oh! Every time I think about his dumbass being in a park, 
allegedly. No, that's what they busted him. Busted his silly ass in a park doing that. Ooh, we, I'm so upset. Oh, my second, oh, my all-time, my second all-time favorite is Erica Kane and Dimitri Barrett. <laughs> they were oh, so good. Oh, they were so good. That's why every time I think of Michael Nate, I'm like, God damn it, you couldn't find Consuela or somebody that, I guess Consuela said, bitch, no. I'm like, God, did you really have to go and fuck it up? Oh, my God. Dimitri, can you, Dimitri was initially for Natalie and was in that triangle with Uncle Porkchop and Natalie. And, like, I had to side-eye Natalie to the fullest because I'm like, you have this Fine, man, and you running after Uncle Pork Chop? Like, what is this? What's wrong with you, freak? Thought she was so odd. And that was the love of her life. Whatever, I get that, but come on, you would have been tempted to hunch Dimitri. But wasn't that like Tweety Bird Natalie by that point? Not like the real Natalie. No, it was still real Natalie because uh, Dimitri saved her from the well. He's he's the one who fished her out of that well when Janet the. Janet from the other planet put her down, put her ass in that well. Rob Imagine, you bad bitch. No, that was no, no, that was the other one. No, that was um, still Kate. No, the other one, the other one. Um, you know, Dimitri, how they got into each other's orbit is because they were just so snitty with each other, and Dimitri was just tired of Erica's and her badass mouth when she was messing with Natalie. He was like, I will buy enchantment just to fire your asshole. And you know, Erica was like, uh uh-uh. uh. And they just started to fall for each other. And when they went to fucking Budapest for that uh, location shoot, Jesus in heaven, that was like the shit. Like, I, I'm not going to, well, I can say it now. I'm like grown now. My mama can't do nothing to me. But I stayed <laughs> home. I pretended to be sick to stay home and watch that shit. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I fucked her bananas and some food coloring and that's all yeah that's all y'all need to know but oh my god watching that that was just such great storytelling agnes was still you know she was still around and she kept mum about that because everybody was just like is he for erica or what and aggie was like "Mm." and oh i get confused because i know that was when megan mctavish was there also that was before she went batshit (sighs) and have people eating pancakes and shit. <laughs> what ha- again? What ha- happened to you, Megan? You was we was rooting for you, and I think Lorraine brought um Lorraine was there too, right, Jamie? Oh yeah, she was there. I think Lorraine wrote woman the woman of the year speech where Erica talked about all them people with their fat ankles. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it was so good. Ooh, that's my favorite. She got up there and talked about the little fat girls didn't like her and stuff when she was a kid, and people being jealous of her and told everybody off because Demetri wouldn't support her because she was all dope and stuff. And Maria, she told her bitch, "You here is Maria." Saint Maria with the push-up bra. Oh, Erica I remember all that. Of them she, she read them hoes like and a Zane novel. <laughs> that was the one time because of Demetri and Erica. That was the one time Susan Lucci said she got hate mail because you know um, Maria with the push-up bra. That punk bitch fucked Demetri, and she didn't know if the baby was Demetri's 
or oh, and then she snatched up that little baby, snatched so, up yeah. that baby and was raising that baby in front of them. And, and Susan Wuchu was like, that was the first time she got hate mail. Like that was the well, first that's time. what I, you know, the whole time everybody was wanting Babe skinned alive. I was like, Erica did the same thing that Babe did to Bianca. She stole Maria's baby. <laughs> And, and was and renamed the baby. Sonia, that was she the, did the same thing. Babe did. The only difference is Maria was her rival, and Babe was like supposed to be Bianca's homegirl. That's what made it worse. I think that's what made it worse. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my number. Two. And it was Erica Kane, and Erica could get away with anything. Well, not almost. that time when she said she was just like horrified that those fans. Was reading her filth in them mat in them letters, but there you go. Mike, yes, number two. Who do you have at number two? <laughs> I have. <laughs> okay, oh. um, my number two is Tom and Margot from As the World Turns, um, another long enduring couple. Uh, Tom was the son of Doctor Bob and Margot, Doctor John, who were rivals. Um, they were a lawyer and cop and met when they were trying to bring down Mr. Big, who is a mobster, who actually turned out to be the guy that Felicia was friends with. Wallingford! Um, that's right. So, Y'all thank you, Jamie. <laughs> when he said Mr. Big, I'm thinking of, of Rod Ivory. I'm like, oh, never mind. Nope, I couldn't think of, of Wallingford's name. I had a picture, but I couldn't think of him. Um, yeah, so, you know, typical soap opera couple. You know, they were broke up, and there was Hal. Hal was in there. Margot had uh, Adam with Hal, and then Tom was with Emily, and, you know, cheating and lying, and then all kinds of stuff going on, rape, murder, accusations. Um, but in the end, they were able to keep their lives together, and they were a – even through several recasts, Tom was recast like at least ten times, and Margot was recast – four times they still were able to keep the magic between them for all those decades so and one of the times was justin these who went on to be he was barbara i was on on the mary margo column for real who was one of the margos right they were the first they were they were tom yeah they were the first ones that i remember so yes and then one of the margos was also didn't she play um, Nora. Mo Bauer later on God in Light. She was uh, Mo Bauer before she was Ellen Dolan. She was oh, okay. uh, so Maureen she Bauer. Was, and then she first. was one of the Margos. Right. And then Margo. there was um, Hillary Bailey Smith, yeah. who yeah, was on. Um, she was Nora on One Life to Live. And so she was one of the Margos too, huh? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. She was good as Margo. Sarah? Mm-hmm. Who do you have at number two? Number two, um, I had to go with my Ejami. My, um, I mean, I'm gonna duplicate what um what was said about them before, but they were Thug the, Love. Um, oh, well, stop, probably stop. not that part. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I'm just gonna say that they are a love <laughs> so great. That they transcended daytime and went to HBO late night. Now name one other couple that made that happen. Bam, Sarah, that was awesome. And I mean, they were just—they were the last. Like they were certainly the last days super couple. Like they. Oh, they were the last super couple. They, without question in my mind, they were the last super couple 
Chelsea and Adam have the potential to replace them, but they still have some work to do. But in my mind, I totally they agree. Were the ob- they went through all the obstacles together. They loved each other so much that they hated each other, so much that they loved each other again. They, you know, they went through... Sammy had to Sammy everything up a bunch of times, and he had to demure everything up a bunch of times. And, you know, if hindsight's twenty twenty, they probably shouldn't have done that ambiguous rape thing. They really shouldn't have. But oh, it, you know what? I mean, as much as... as much oh, as what's a little argument, rape between as friends? As much as there was arguments um, no. about that, I actually think that in some ways that is what helped make... I mean... It helped. No, how do I put this? Do it, Luke. Put the fervor of super coupledom mm-hmm. in that be- because mm-hmm. no That's matter why what I didn't you... put them on my list. <laughs> well, I know, but what I'm saying is sometimes things have to happen to couples. No. It like no. storyline wise. Back up, back up, back up the truck because you're gonna I... say something that's gonna come out wrong. He already did, Michael. <laughs> I'm trying to give obviously, him some breathing space. He obviously, did. I'm not. Obviously, I'm not condoning any of what was uh, done in that story. I hear a but. I just think that oh, it's part of their mythology now. Oh, Lord, Jesus. Mute him. Somebody, Jesus, come for him. Come for him. Sarah, did you want to finish? Sorry. <laughs> no, um, I mean, it was just, you know, I think it was just some short-sighted plotting. But um, they just, you know, they transcended it all. They got through um, Abby throwing her little you know, sell at him, begging for it on the docks. And they got through offering her to him in the shower. And they got through, you know. <laughs> oh, that stank. Oh. And, I mean, oh, that's probably his baby somehow. Um, that she's going to haven't figured that out yet. But, I mean, you know, they went through the classic obstacles. Their families were enemies for good reason, for generations. I mean, it just, they, and they just had the chem, like Ali Sweeney and James Scott, they just had the chemistry up, down, anyway, like they had the chemistry that rivaled any super couple of any era. And, you know, they also both had, it seems like, fed each other's ambitions to leave daytime and they're both doing quite well for themselves. But like, to me, that was like the time when I think about, Rushing home, like, from work to see a specific couple as opposed to a show, E.J.M.E. was it for the most for me for, like, the past two, three years. I would agree. Jamie? My number two is Carly and Jack from As the World Turns. When Another World ended, um, I followed Jake and Vicky to As the World Turns 2, but unlike Luke, I was never a fan of of Jake and Vicky as a romantic pairing. I was a huge fan of them as messy best friends who had once been friends with benefits. Um, And most of that was with the Anne Hesch, um, Tom Eplin incarnation and all of the, you know, just trashy, tragic stuff they did, like him possibly being Stephen's father because they hooked up and things like that. And, you know, the original with um, Ellen Wheeler, um, Glenn Beck's communications director today. But, um, but, you know, Uh Ellen Uh Wheeler works for Glenn Beck now. But, yes, um, but Carly and Jack reminded me of Ryan and Love can save the world. Uh, Yes, 
<laughs> Everything makes sense now. The why Guiding Light died a yes. conservative uh. death. <laughs> all makes sense. Yes. Um, but um, yeah, back to As the World Turns, which was spared the fate of Ellen Wheeler. Um, Carly and Jack just really reminded me of those Another World couples that I loved. Uh, by the time I started watching in 99, they had already gone through um, several storylines and Carly was basically in the, you know, had passed off Parker as John Dixon's and yeah. he was really Hal's and all of this trying to get this money that her sister Rosanna Cabot had oh, set up for oh, her good. child. It was so good. <laughs> but in the midst of all of that, she fell in love with this G man in the midst of trying to pass off a kid on every old man in town, she fell in love with, you know, a gorgeous, hunky guy her own age. And, but he had gotten mixed up with Julia. Um, and so they, crazy ass Julia. And she married his brother, Brad. And so they were always at these cross purposes, but they fantasized about being together. And he gave her this compass. And it was like, this leads you back to me. And that became their symbol. And it really did lead them back to one another through some of the most insurmountable super couple-esque, you know, obstacles from Craig Montgomery to... Ooh, that was a hot uh, pairing, too. Janet. Stand uh, back in the, in the spa. Yeah, I mean, this couple just couldn't seem to get it right until they could. Um, and one thing that I loved about it was Carly was one of the last great aspirational characters. She wanted to be a fashion designer. And damn it, she was going to be a fashion designer, even if she had to go to Asia and get mixed up with these shady people <laughs> or whatever she had to do. And, you know, Jack was the typical... She had soap. to deal with Barbara, too. Was oh, yeah. Barbara was not trying to see her... Um, come after her spot, you know, at BRO. And, you know, there was Molly, her cousin and rival, sometimes best friend, mix it up all, you know, it was just so much good stuff with, with Jack and Carly. You know, it got a little crazy near the end with him marrying Katie and, you know, just yeah, some of the other cool. stuff. Yeah, Janet, you just, at some points you were like, okay, they're just putting obstacles in the way for no reason. But yes. they just always loved one another, and you know, they even broke up good. They Remember did. That yeah. couple of breakups. breakups oh my good. god! Oh they yeah. Awesome. See, and I'm gonna just chime in here because Jack and Carly were my number two couple as well. Absolutely love them. One of the things that I realized as I was going over my list is there's a little bit of themes. Bubble baths seem to be play an important part in my favorite. Oh, you would have loved oh. Patch and Kayla in the eighties then because she oh, went yeah. down on him in the bubble bath. I remember that. And it was with Mr. Bubble too. The, the childhood <laughs> innocent bubble bath. Bubble baths and snow and sleighs seem to sort of be a theme between various You would have loved Ryan and Vicky then too because <laughs> they made love in Banff, Canada. Oh, I was re that, that I was rewatching to refresh my memory on some of this, and I was watching the Ryan and Vicky seeds, and she was coming up in the sleigh in this beautiful white <laughs> fur coat with the hood. Oh, Jesus, and it was take like, us, 
Dear God in heaven, something's oh on my back. God, like your purse it was flew like, out of your like, mouth, chap. <laughs> oh, oh my God, about that coat. Some... Oh, oh, that coat was stuff. tough, Luke. I gave you a high five. That coat was Thank tough. You. It was, and she had oh, her blonde God. hair, and she, it was... I'm going to have to send you a clip of their first with... meeting at the country club when Vicky was trying, you know, Vicky was nouveau riche. Vicky was, you know, she came from nothing. Uh, well, actually, she was born into money, but then Reginald gave her away, and so she grew up poor. But, so she grew up dirt poor, but when she came into the love money, she never really, you know, she was always trash with money. And so she was at the country club trying to ride this horse and didn't know what she was doing, and the horse got away from her, and Ryan saved her on the horse. It's like, when is somebody going to save me on the horse? <laughs> well, and bringing this back to Jack and Carly, because I don't want to do them a disservice. But the Montana scenes, when they went to Montana, mm -hmm. the the compass, him being her true north, everything. And the baby turned out to be his. It did. Yeah. And like, and I went and rewatched, like I went and was rewatching clips of them when Hal caught them. She like in the cellar and she had been in that amazing red gown and they had sex in the cellar. Those scenes were like when who would think that a cellar would be romantic? But it was. Hey, hey some people and, think mortuaries and crypts are romantic. OK, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> the thing about Jack and Carly that and, I love the most. And the bath, like the bubble bath where he comes in and gives her the neck rub and she doesn't realize it's him at first. One thing I love that it must be said about Michael Park and Mara West, unlike so many of these couples on our lists. They actually like each other they in real them. life because they, they are the exception to the rule. Because usually nine chances out of ten, if a couple was driving you crazy on TV, they hated each other's guts in real life. I mean, that is almost it's almost cliche at this point to find out that this one and this one doesn't like each other. But anybody who was there the night that they both won the Emmys, uh, the last year of World Turns, and to see the friendship and camaraderie in that press room when she was, you know, giving her um, interview session to the press, and then he comes in. I mean, it was like nobody else was in the room. You could tell that these people were amazing partners and that their friendship transcended television. And that's so refreshing when a good majority of these people, as soon as the director yells cut, they spit at each other's face and punch each other Listen, in the neck. They before, still do. They still the... tweet stuff about each well, other to be exactly, supportive. So. Before the podcast, I had tweeted pictures of the Jack and Carly scenes where she was in the bathtub and he came up and gave her the neck rub, saying that it was one of my all-time favorite couples. And, she, and I don't follow many soap stars on Twitter just because I think it's a little bit messy sometimes, but I do follow Maura West, and she what tweeted back. She say? goes, "She goes, oh, there it no, is. I'm just, it I'm just not one of these people. I'm not one of these people who does like gets involved in a lot of Twitter drama." And Maura West, no, that's just my that's just my style. That's just how it is. Maura West went and tweeted back. She goes, "One of the greatest joys of my life." Carly Hart's Jack. Oh, I would love to have them both on a podcast. Just well, you don't even follow them on Twitter. How you go get them? I well. do follow her on Twitter. I, I don't know if I don't even well, know if she's on Twitter, but I do follow her. She's on Twitter. 
You yeah, I think he is. Messy to no, I do follow certain. Stars, <laughs> no, I think but there, what he's there saying is he doesn't tweet stars. at them. He might follow I don't, them. I don't tweet at them. them. I follow some yeah. very select ones, like the Brashes, Laura West, a couple others. I who Rebecca Budding, obviously. Well, of course, um, my heaven, um, heaven forbid she tweet about a hangnail and you not be the offender. Oh my God, Listen. You need help, hey, the highlight, <laughs> the highlight of my year last year was when I had Maura West. And uh, Rebecca Budding, Rebecca Budding, happy birthday! Hangnail remover, pretty much. That's right. <laughs> um, so shout out to Carly and Jack. You ain't um, be on that. Number one oh. all-time romantic couple. Jillian. Y'all should already know by now who my favorite couple is. That is the one and only. Victor Newman and Nicky Newman. If you don't know, you better ask somebody. <laughs> oh! I thought it was going to be Brenda and Sonny was going to be your number one. Oh, yeah, they in my top. Oh, we already talked about that. I they know. Are... I just said I thought they were oh. going to be your number one. Mm-mm-mm. Victor and Nicky. Yes. Oh, when he told up, when Jamie mentioned us last week, he was like, why are you playing these games, girl? I'm like, oh, that voice that he uses on her. I'm like, ah. Good God from Zion. Like, they, uh, watching their romance unfold, he found her in the bayou, and he was just like, who is she? And, oh, uh, that's what they had, um, 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 oh, shit, Douglas. Was it Douglas? No. Yeah, it was Douglas. Colonel Douglas. Oh, yeah, 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 I remember yes! Oh, when he was, at, he was like, who is that? That's Nikki. She's the queen of the bayou. He was like the queen of the bayou, eh? I was like, yeah. When he wanted uh, Victor play to but Victor played games in the beginning because he pretended to be the butler. I guess to see if Nikki wanted him for the money. And Nikki was like, hey. But no, I don't want you for your money. I want you. And like, how do you, it's just, it blew my mind that she was chasing him. Like he was trying to like pawn her off. He was like, nah, nah, nah. And she was like, all she tossed it at him. And then when she finally got him, Victor was just whipped. Uh, and Bill Bell had a fucking sense of humor. When Victor got harpooned, he got he got shot in the groin with that harpoon and was impotent. I was... <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I've forgotten about all that. Yeah, that's right. I do remember it now that you talk about it. He broke up with Nikki because he didn't think he could be a real man. And Douglas, girl, uh, he gave her that. He gave Victor them pictures of Nikki, and uh, Victor was like, <laughs> he was like, Douglas, my boy, take me home to the ranch. I'm like, hey. Nikki says she got the stuff that you want and you need. How you doing? She ain't like that crybaby Ashley crying into her fucking shoe thinking it's her baby. Dumbass. Hate <laughs> <laughs> that wench from that sort of thing. Oh, 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 we're not going to talk about Ashley Abbott on here. Damn, if you don't like it, too bad. That bitch he had more than enough to make Ashley Abbott drop to her knees. Nikki had to pretend she still had cancer because she knew Ashley was giving Victor that good dust, and he was that about was to awesome. like a potato. That was awesome. The 
Vicky so She came home, Casey told her, you, you ain't sick, girl. Oh, wait till I tell Victor. She got home, Victor was up under that treatment. Ashley. Victor buy Jabot from just so he could cock Black Jack from marrying who wasn't fucking Ashley. It was Nikki. Oh, that the wasn't that when Nikki was like ordering caskets show. and stuff. That the record show that when was awesome. spinning out of control and couldn't nobody reach him. Who did Nikki go and tell? You're the only one who can reach him now. It wasn't herself. She wasn't talking in the mirror. She wasn't saying mirror mirror on the wall. She went to Ashley Abbott. And Ashley went over still to the sea. And got who did Victor still end up with? Yeah. And who was Ashley with? <laughs> Dr. Jack and Ashley with Dr. Jack. I will say, you know, when Ashley ended up with Tucker McCall, I thought she ended up with the better bargain. But now, yeah, Nikki got the better bargain again. <laughs> Which Tucker McCall? Um, well, I like both Tucker. Both tuckers are better than the uh, Anthony Babe. Uh, uh, Mike, who do you have at number one? Oh well, on this uh, list, on this go around, my number one is okay. Jamie, ready? Give me a drum roll. Mac and Rachel. Oh, oh, see, first knew that I was gonna need people to do it for me since I was being modern. Yes, Lord. I, I have tell to it. tell you that um, I had a really hard time trying to narrow down to five, but trying to pick number one. But this was again, it becomes that good girl being redeemed through the right guy. It wasn't easy because they were fought all the time, and there was a lot of jealousy, and then there was that wonderful rivalry with his daughter Iris who tried to thwart them at every turn. Um, Rachel was blind and, and feeling up clay and then Mac pretended to be somebody else. <laughs> she was it, a stumpress! Don't you <laughs> act like she was perverted! <laughs> I, I said clay. I didn't say clay was a person. <laughs> but anyway, so... She was a very were, revered sculptress. Yes, she was, and she was uh, successful in her own right, and she moved into the big house that Mac bought for her as a wedding present. Say it! All, all good stuff. What everyone wants in life, whatever. Yeah, and it was only cut short because of the unfortunate early death of Douglas Watson. Uh, other than that, I think they could have gone on as, till the end of the show. Oh, yeah. So great. Such a great love story. Everybody meddling in their business. Iris, old bitch ass. Ain't <laughs> Everybody I thought they'd go back with school for Rachel. Iris. And, you know, Ada was probably trying to rein in her daughter's, you know, ambitious nature. And, you know, yeah. and then good. Ada became their biggest champion. And then Liz, too. You know, yep. everybody came around except Iris. But Iris was good for that because she did the same thing with Carl. Yeah, but it was different by that point. It was like with the Carl situation, you know, Iris had finally made peace with Rachel and they had actually become friends. So Rachel hooking up with, you know, Mac's greatest enemy was like a slap in the face to Iris. But but Mac died before Rate before Iris could kind of make amends with him so yeah i I, like i i did when i watched it i was i joined as the world or another world late in its run so i i only remember iris 
being really upset about Carl and Rachel. Well, yeah, she was because of what I just told you. Well, no, but that, that's what I'm saying. That's like, Max I don't have a context for it being yeah, different. So in a way, um, what's her face? Iris. I don't, you know, she, it was a slap in her father's memory, and she also was repping for her daddy, for her daddy, because I bet <laughs> Mac was around. He, Mac would have Oh, been yeah, because like, Iris, I mean, the verbiage, she was like, you're going to have that man in my daddy's house, in my daddy's bed! But, yeah, but Mac, um, um, but no, Mike is paying homage to OG Iris, as much as we love Oh, Carmen, yeah, Beverly McKenzie. It is about Beverly McKenzie. And that show, Harding Pete LeMay's writing, took that show to the top of the Nielsen's, made Beverly McKenzie a superstar. You know, I was, who was I telling this to? I was watching old episodes the other day from 79, which I was only two, so I missed a lot of that, obviously. Uh, Beverly left another world for Texas, like in what, 81, 82? But, uh, I mean, just watching some of that, it was, you know, Mac and Rachel had busted up because... Rachel had schemed to break up Jamie and Blaine. And Mac was always pointing out that Rachel didn't like the women in Jamie's life because they were like she had been, you know, in her youth, scheming and manipulative. And like Cecile. Iris, Cecile yeah, was like but that. But no, this is what's so funny, Mike. <laughs> at this point, she liked Cecile. Like during at some point in the, I guess this was before. Cecile. Oh, when they changed actresses, I think that they changed. Her yeah, character. it was like she yeah. was repping for Cecile, and I'm like, oh, I guess Cecile hadn't showed her true bitch hand yet, because Cecile was twenty times worse than Blaine by the end of it. But um, they had busted up, and Mac was living at the apartment above the Corey office and iris was just happy as a club she was like well you can come up and have breakfast with us every morning mac and he was <laughs> all, oh well i i think that'll be nice iris but i'm and then he was like she was all well after work you can come back here for dinner and he's like well I, i'm going to visit amanda at rachel's and i'm hoping she'll extend an invitation to dinner and then iris goes well, if Rachel disappoints you, you will always find refuge here. And you're like, ew, you're his daughter, you nasty tramp. So yeah, but she <laughs> was an adopted daughter, and she didn't like that Amanda well, was a real daughter, the, right? Yeah, you know, that's another she, part of that. Oh, re- oh, un- they undid that. So that was a huge story in the 70s that, you know, Mac, when Amanda was born, Iris overheard him telling Rachel, you've given me my firstborn daughter. Exactly, so, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so they found, you know, so Iris was all devastated that Mac wasn't her father and she hated him, blah, blah, blah. But when when they brought Iris back with Carmen Duncan in the role, that was the whole introductory storyline. Iris had found out from her mother, her real mother, that she was Mac's daughter, that Mac was hoeing around on his wife and got this woman pregnant. And... Mac's wife bought the baby, Iris. So Iris so Iris was raised by her biological father. And that's why she decided to take over Corey Publishing, because she wanted to take over Corey, bring it almost to the brink of destruction, rush it and save it, win her daddy's love, and then announce, oh yeah, I'm your real daughter, by the way. And it all backfired on her, and then Mac died before she could say, I'm sorry for trying to take over your country, your company. Oh, another world. Yeah, I do Sarah, miss that who show. Do you have? And now that... we'll watch a storyline about breastfeeding. 
I do. I miss I miss um another world and as the world turns. I think more than anything. Oh, so yeah. much. I just miss stories, you know, because that's yeah. the thing. There, like, we, there's that too. We miss those and shows, romance. but you know, these four that are on, they could still tell. You know, it's just, it's like once upon a time, you know, yeah. stories. What not, happened to love in the just, afternoon? Oh, I spent my entire week yelling at the TV <sighs> over like. My insulting my intelligence for stupidity when you don't, you know, if you don't, you can pay attention to history. It's not that hard because I looked it up myself. It You're insulting my intelligence, intelligence with instead of telling a story about maybe Liam and Quinn that might be about revenge, about having revenge sex, you have this stupid thing where Quinn is pretending to be so, – that's a whole different. That's a whole different Adam podcast. But I'm just Adam saying, I don't need to be <laughs> dumbed down to stupid. Tell a story. You've got five days a week. Use yeah. it. Make it happen. The preach, brother. Look, well, I was screaming at the TV this week on all the soaps. Not, not, not days this one. Even? Yeah, I've had my moments what? with days. That's so all right, well, I'm telling you, that's a whole other podcast. But we're not. Yes, talking that's about a whole that. other podcast. But we're I'm just telling you, that's you know. Don't insult my intelligence, but Jamie's right. It is about the story, so just give me something. <laughs> Sarah, give who do you have at number one? Okay, this one, you know, it was, it was some judgment calls. I went back and forth, but I ended up putting, this time, number one, Leo and Greenleaf from All My Children. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! I love you did not. You yes, did I not. did. Did Luke wow. and I agree? Uh-oh. Yes. Of course. Yes. Um, <laughs> I love me some Leo oh, so Dupre. Leo is really oh our God, everything. So disappointed. Sarah's trying to get a spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> I love Leo Greenlee. And the reason, and like the, and I think what really made me realize was how great they were, was the years they spent after Josh Dumel hit the big time and you know, he did come back because he is a loyal person who knows everything that is good that has happened to him in his life is because All My Children took a chance on a guy with no acting experience based on, and part on Vincent Irizarry's recommendation, who, you know, he didn't listen to Vincent. Um, he wait, wait, spoke. what happened with Vincent? He was the one, like, when they were casting, you know, the role of Leo, and this is uh-huh. something they both said in interviews, is, like, you know, a bunch of people read for it, and he said of Josh Dumel, that was the only one playing the character. You should cast him. And Thank wow. you, Vincent Irizarry. Vincent Josh, knew what he was talking about. Come on now, Josh. You need to put that brother in a movie. <laughs> I know. Next time, you, I know. I mean, oh, but, not uh, yet. She's the only reason to watch days right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's true. But like, I mean, they were, you know, they were. It was the perfect storm. Like he was the con artist who was. He became sort of a better person for Greenlee, but he didn't have to renounce who he was for her because she was a bad girl herself. It was more like they accepted each other than that they changed oh. each other, and they both had these screwed up families. He had. Mars Doucet as his crazy mom. He has. Yes. She had. Um, was it Donna oh, Love? Stewart, was her mom? Right? Anna Stewart was oh. her Anna Stewart. And it was somebody needs to do something with her. And, and then we had Grant Harrison from daughter, another world on daughter. top of it. Oh, oh, it was so good. And they were both. She was the perfect poor little rich girl. And I also like to say, point out this is a story. Uh, like why a soap to realize? You know the story isn't quite like. 
quite work and let's just twist it because originally they were brought in as obstacles for like there was this whack ass couple um what was it like abigail what was her name she's like actually a fairly big time actress now oh like i know scott uh, and uh, uh becca scott and becca and yeah, they were born yeah, yeah. so they brought in um i think first her as an obstacle and then that wasn't working all that much. And then they brought in him to be like another complication. And it was like, oh, okay, this is our story. Let's forget about these boring people. That was that was good. And remember that right the cast of Brooke's stepdaughter that, you know, you oh, thought they were supposed to be the rooting that Leo and her. And it was like, oh, God, stop. <laughs> what was it? Laura. It. Laura with the and heart with Laura. the fucked up heart. Oh, that was the worst. <laughs> Laura with the fucked that. up heart. I remember that. Yeah. And, like, Greeley had to crawl through, like, the like the ceiling ducks to, like, get to stop that wedding. And I remember Bianca doing this vengeful, like, read of like the you know let love not be a kind thing at like the at the Greenlee, but part of what was part of what, part of what was great about Leo and Greenlee is that Bianca was this person that Greenlee tormented, but because she was Leo's friend, they were that ended up overcoming that dynamic. For me, that was a nice yeah, because she was a, a homophobic little mess. Yeah, Lesbianca, and she was the you know, <laughs> Bianca, and everybody thought Bianca was the one who pushed that stinking ass girl off that boat and whatever. But it wasn't her. I'm gonna just join in with Sarah since obviously Leo. Yeah, Leo you've been number one that. as well. And I, was, uh, I predicted really? that in an email, by the way. I knew that was gonna. Oh, be. there was that. Listen, it does not take a blind person to predict. <laughs> well, that. Sarah finished her thought, then you pick it back after she finished. Sarah finished your thought. Damn years we spent trying to pretend that Greenlee, that Ryan was the love of Greenlee's Thank life. You. That was some bull. Like, <laughs> for years, it was shittiest. <laughs> and that was the reason why, like, at the beginning of this podcast, Ryan and Jillian loved them. The and then they spent years trying to I'm force us, that Ryan and Green. That's how I felt about Jake and Vicky at the end of Another World, Luke. That's exactly what they did there, too. They tried to make everybody believe they were a couple because they busted up Jake and Paulina, and they killed off Ryan, and so they were like, we're going to make y'all like these two as a couple. No. No, you're Okay, not. we're going to do uh, so, top five soap rants next time because I got a whole list of stuff, and Jamie's just touching on it right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... For me, I just weighing in on Leo and Greenlee. Ciao. Bubble Bass when he found, when she oh met God. him in Paris. Bubble Bass. And they Bubble Bass. Like, what like, like that's what like that's what I was like going through my list. It's like I bet you if they put Carly Fiorino and Donald Trump in a bottle of Bubble Bath, you'd be just Whoa. Whoa. favorite couple. Listen, a Bubble Bath wouldn't even save someone like Morgan and Kiki. Let me tell you. But um, make there was... get hard because you know he could get hard this week. I got the bipolar. I can't get my dick hard. <laughs> That's the story. According to you, it doesn't just take a dick. Um, I take all but, kind of medication and mine stay hard. I'm sorry. Oh, I was Does it stay hard for more than four hours? There was so much about Ryan and Greeley. That was just wonderful. <laughs> The little moments, the adventures they went on, the places that they got trapped together. It was amazing. God, like, this is amazing. Bubble Bath. Bubble 
as someone who as someone who has went on a rant about a Greenleaf pot who should have never happened, this is, should come as oh. no surprise. Oh, you leave that tall girl alone. She ain't acting again since. It is not her fault. Good Lord, is, uh, what is her name? Sabine? We are sorry. Sabine? Samaya? Sabine Singh. We, Jamie, who do you have at number that one? That old woman was not that bad. Yeah, you just ran. She was a Greenleaf bot. Listen, it was no different for me than you and disliking the Brenda bots. <laughs> who is your number one, Jamie? They never brought Brenda back with no real Brenda campaign. The shame that woman. Oh, they, didn't uh, do that to, they didn't do that. To the show. real Greenlee deserves whatever she can get. We know. She's got, we know. She's got special she, promos she on two shows. your contracts with Jax and Jagger and all these other general hospital legends out there. Lynn Heron is on the Facebook talking about, I can't get him to write nothing for Lucy Cole. Listen, but, Michael Easton's coming back in the exciting role of the now dead uh, Helena. But yeah, before that, your girl got a four year contract on a show that Mike got a year left. Anyway, um. My girl, <laughs> I will, I will rep for her wherever it takes. She, Jamie, she who do you have for number one? A contract, because, you know, Gina Francis got a big contract too, supposedly. Ooh, big story for Laura. All Laura does is go around. Hey, Liz. According to Nathan Varney, she has something in the works with um. Yeah, he did another. He did another interview with um Blog Talk. Nathan Nathan be promising stuff like a new TLC album. It's going to be out soon, y'all. It's going to be better than Creed. With Helena's will. Something to do with Helena's will. You know, not on a long tirade, but why is he allowed to tell storylines, future storylines on a podcast? And he also talked about Taquan, too. You ain't mentioned nothing about... I ain't seen not a magazine talking about Helena's will. And he dropping all kind of... Sp- Why is Vicky Double letting this clown do this? <laughs> Did you ever see a time when this would happen? You, We had Angelica McDaniel on this podcast several times. I don't think I remember a time. We would try. You know, we'd be like, Angelica, you know, tell us... Were you going to tell us if... Adam going to be with Sharon? Uh, no, I can't do that, but I can talk about the overall state of daytime. Oh, no, child. You get Vardy on Blog Talk Radio, and he'll tell you um, which, he'll one, talk of, and which talk one of and Olivia's talk. nipples expresses the most milk. But anyway, my number one, since we're talking about General Hospital, comes from General Hospital, and they took me up 15 flights of stairs. Oh, God. <laughs> Since I'm keeping it modern. Ugh. Jason. Let me go use the bathroom while you talk about these. And Elizabeth Nurse Weber. Jason Morgan. I was Morgan. waiting for one of, these, one of these quads to get on. One of these triples and to get on. Played by, let me quantify, Jason Morgan as played by Steve. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Look, I'm Nicki Minaj. No shade. No shade. I love yes, Billy. No, it's not any shade. It's just being real. I have not felt the chemistry that others feel between Billy Miller and Rebecca Herbst. In fact, because I, it doesn't exist. Well, I, I do as Jake, but not as Jason. I didn't see it at all. I didn't oh. see anything. No. I do see chemistry between him and Laura, right? 
Yep. You know, I, I see great chemistry between them. I see chemistry between him and Kelly Monaco, which y'all know I wasn't a J-Sam fan, but the two of, you know, they have a better rapport to me. But Steve Burton and Rebecca Herbst were pre-me falling in love with E-Jammy. That was my last great super couple. And I got asked this over and over again. It was like, well, did you love them all the way back in 98? Nope, I did not. I was such a diehard Liz and Lucky fan. And I knew Lucky wasn't dead. I knew Helena had him off somewhere, you know, doing bad stuff to him. So, (laughs) you know, when Jason and Liz first crossed paths, I was like, "Uh, uh-uh, Jason, this is on some bullshit. You leave Lucky's girl alone because Lucky gonna come back from the dead and get his girl. And back then, Returns from the Death didn't bother me. I expected them, especially when we saw at the end of the fire that, you know, she and Faisal almost doing sneaky, freaky stuff. So I was like, no, Jason, you know, don't be trying to get shot and coming all up in Liz's art studio and stuff. Get on from there. Get, get. I didn't like it back then. So fast forward, though, to 2006. And lucky dopehead ass was hunching on Maxie Jones and stuff. And Alexis was all up in the mix trying to bust up Jason and um, Sam because she was on one of her anti-mob kicks. No mob, no mob, no mob, mob, mob. You know, her dad is a megalomaniac who tried to freeze the world, and she done had babies with every mobster in town. But no mob, no mob, no mob. You know, so she, you know, busted up Jason and Sam. So what did you say she saying? No mob, no guns, no mob. I'm a liberal. Liberals don't like guns. We shoot off our mouths on Twitter. That's what we fire. No guns, no mob, no mob. Make a check to the Godfather. No, the Corleone should be into. Tissue paper marketing. No guns. No mob. Anyway. <laughs> Anyhow. So Jason and Sam's romance was derailed by Alexis. No guns. No mob. So Sam paid her back by hunting her man. In her house on the floor, like you should do your mama if she must mess up your relationship. So anyway, Jason saw that and was all devastated. And Liz saw Lucky hunching Maxie and was all devastated. And it was a blackout, child. And Liz had been, you know, doing her calisthenics and stuff. And, you know, her, her stair climbing at the gym with Richard Simmons. And so she went up them 15 flights like a G, like a G! Got up there, took that scarf off, took Jason's shirt off, and you know he didn't take his shirt off back then. And they took he still doesn't. They took me to the river to be baptized with that love story. And I tell you, conceived a wonderful baby. I don't care nothing about baby. Fuck out of here. Ruined that baby for me now. But back then, that was just like the dream, the hope of the world, the baby. The baby liaison made. And, you know, they just couldn't get it right, though, because Liz is one of the few women in his life who is like, nah, bro, I can't just be happy with you getting a shot at. Um, You know, and Sam knew that. And so she hired thugs 
to terrorize Liz and her chillings in the park. And then they were torn asunder by the greatest of enemies, Brian Franz. <laughs> <laughs> but I will always love Liaison 1. Circa, circa 2006 to 2008. They were the shit for me. They were that couple. The way they looked at each other, that chemistry... Ooh, all the look that was when I really got into YouTube um, fan videos and oh my god these fans were making the best videos one of them made one to bleeding love uh, it was just epic and oh you know that was my couple my shit and now I'm like I don't know I mean I'm feeling about Jason like I am feel about Sonny these are characters that I've loved for so many years but I feel like They've given them too many children. I can't stand when my favorite characters have a bunch of children because there's just nothing sexy about having a bunch of children. That's like when Jillian talks about Brenda and coming back for Sonny. You know, one part of me is like, oh my God, that is, that's still like the epic dream that I have of somebody finally, you know, getting Sonny and Brenda together for good and happy. But then I think about it, and it's like, why would Brenda want to be with somebody who has children with every woman in town? It's just, there is nothing sexy or romantic about somebody always knocking at your door talking about, we need to talk about Dante. We need to talk about Christina. Mob! You're putting the mob! The mob is going to hurt Chrissy! The mob! You know, it's like, who wants that at your door every day? It's like, well, And then there's always Carly that you have to deal exactly. with. Exactly. She got two or three by him. So it's like, you know. Ugh. Jamie, who were your honorable mentions? Um, All my honorable mentions were really mentioned. You know, I loved me some Mason and Julia, um, Mac and Rachel. When I, well, I'll just say this. This was my list when I was going to do it the traditional way. But number one is Bo and Hope. They are my all-time favorite super couple of all time. I just wash away everything that happened last year. Number two, Cruz and Eden from Santa Barbara. My number three traditional list was Mac and Rachel. Number four, Ryan and Vicky. Huh? You better hush by Mac Corey. Cry, baby, Mac. (laughs) You would cry too if you found out on the witness stand. I wouldn't do that on the witness stand. Number five was Brooke and Ridge. OG. OG. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You want to talk romance? Nobody did uh, romance. Yes. Bill Bell. I mean, Bill Bell is like, uh, I can take all five of y'all spots because I had the budget to fly my couple. Remember back in the day, Ridge was the one su- trying to seduce her, and Brooke used to keep her goodies in her purse. She used to, like, when Ridge used to try to get her alone. Was there a hole in the bottom? And Um, Stephanie actually was in favor of Brooke at one point because when Thorne married Caroline, Stephanie was so worried because she knew that Ridge and Caroline loved each other. So she was, like, pushing Brooke until Brooke got pregnant by Ridge's baby. And that pissed Stephanie off because she's like, you're trying to trap him. (laughs) And Stephanie, Brooke was like, it just happened, Stephanie. And Stephanie was like, bitch, I know that trick because I used it myself. <laughs> Any other t- um, honorable mentions, Jamie? Um, 
Look, you know what? I'm going I'm gonna do a Luke here and just go totally off topic then. Yes, I have an honorable mention and it's from a sitcom because this was what? the song. <laughs> and I have what? been binging it on logo, Dwayne and Whitley Gilbert. From a, oh my god that was the soapiest sitcom couple ever i watched the i rewatched the wedding the two-part episode Netflix. oh my god what show was this on it's a different world it's the cosby show spinoff about a black college and oh. that was such a soap opera i mean those of you who remember Dwayne and whitley were this you know will they or won't they couple for most ah, of the, so of the show and then you know he started flirting with Danny Morgan, and that yes. you know that busted up their engagement. Uh, and she started, you know, work. They both started working for this up and coming politician, Byron, who aka Papa Pope, bitch ass. Papa Pope from Scandal, and you know Whitley accepted Byron's proposal for marriage and she was going to have her big southern dream wedding and Dwayne finally realized this is the woman he wanted Kim wanted to tell Whitley to call it off everybody but they were like no 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 so Dwayne shows up the night before the wedding and Whitley is like don't do this to me Dwayne and you know they go through this whole thing of their relationship <laughs> And talk about when they met as freshmen and, you know, Whitley is like, you couldn't buy a date. And then he got, and then I ended up with you free of charge. And then it's like, if we were all of that to each other, why didn't we work? And so he says his goodbyes and then he shows up at the wedding and Whitley is at the altar and suddenly she sees, everybody she sees looks like Dwayne. And then, you know, the, the guy has already asked the, will you, Whitley, take the guy, blah, blah, blah. And then Dwayne stands up, will you, Whitley, have it to hold for this day forward for sickness and health? Baby, please. Please, please. Byron is like, what are you doing? I'm sorry, Byron. I love her. And Whitley goes, I do. And Diane Carroll is like, you heard her. I don't know who she meant. Oh, then Diane. Carol gets back just in enough time to see Whitley and Dwayne married. What is going on on here? Hi, Mom! Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, oh yes. God! And then you go, Jillian. Back then, we had to be, before before the days of scandal, Luke, and how to get away with murder. <laughs> we had to get our black soap opera love from sitcoms like A Different World uh, and shit. Good Times with Thelma and um Keith. <laughs> Remember Thelma and Keith? <laughs> and up limit single two. Max, Max and Kyle. Kyle, Deja and fucking uh uh. I with them dudes, I never bought no Khadijah love story. Khadijah oh, wanted oh, <laughs> Jillian, who do you have for your honorable mention? So stop. I didn't buy Khadijah in Scooter. I was side-eyeing. I was side-eyeing. I was like, Khadijah, you know you don't want Scooter. You want to play basketball with Scooter. That's all. <laughs> Jillian, who do you have as your honorable mentions? My honorable mentions are Bowen Hope. I also have Rich and Brooke 1.0. Um, I have Jesse and Angie, and I have Lucky and Liz 1.0. And that's about it. Mike? Oh, I have a list. Fantastic. Go for it. He loves a list. <laughs> yes, he does. Um, he pops I... a boner for lists. <laughs> <laughs> 
Lord, little Jaden, little Willie's son is in a dress. In other news, on. Mike, what's your list? I'm campaign, I'm sorry. Okay, I have um hold on, let me get my little piece of paper. Have a lava. No. <laughs> She's not in a couple. You know Mike will put in a couple. I'll find it. I'll find room for her somewhere, but no. Mike, go ahead. Okay, I have um Nick and Sharon. Uh, Jake and Molly, Drusilla and Neil, Josh and Reva, Bill and Brooke, Rick and Maya, Sky and Raven, Steve and Betsy, who, by the way, were the number two ratings getter after Luke and Laura. And the only reason why Luke and Laura did not make my list was because it was about a rape. But they changed the face of daytime and they pulled in ratings when and they put the soaps on the map for the Roger and Holly is one of my all-time favorite couples, but I early in doing Daytime Confidential, I learned like that's why I'm like, Lord, I hope Luke don't catch too much hell because when I used to mention that I loved Roger and Holly in the comments as a couple, Lord, people would take you there. I mean, my thing is, well, the show did it. It's like they knew that they had the guy rape her, and then they continued to make them a romance. And if you started watching in the '90s when I did. You know, it did a lot to they did a lot to undo like the original story for Luke and Laura was that it was going to be a brutal rape. And then Gloria Monty kind of shifted that from what I've read in the history. And I saw that she was like, that wasn't no seduction. But it wasn't. And um, that song was picked by Jill, our friend. Jill Fairfield. Yep. So, oh well, that's so, that's hood. Jill got Jill got skills. She everywhere. She's everywhere. But but the thing is, it's like um, <clears throat> their running away was a um, unprecedented story. A summer on the run, and they had some romantic moments, you know, in the department store and all these other things. So I they they do belong yeah. on story list. of history. I mean, you know, I mean, it's not right. It certainly doesn't make it right. But, but they were on the brink of being yeah. canceled, and they they uh, brought it up to the biggest. Still, has never seen the ratings of a soap in two days that's ever. Tell it. Uh, and, and, well, yeah. well, that's you know, I couldn't Let shade. I, it I couldn't. the greatest romantic couple of all movie time, and he raped her. I mean, there's no denying that that was a rape. You know, I mean, she turned him out. We didn't invent. I mean, it's totally wrong. And hopefully moving forward, fiction will not do love stories involving rape. But it goes all the way back to Scarlet and Rhett. I, mean, I know. That's why I didn't like – that's why I didn't pick E-Jammy either because I just – I really – and, and I'll say this no, I I know what you're saying because they did a lot to sanitize it, yeah. but – it's I don't think there. that was that was blackmail, and many couples have been blackmailed into sex. Just this week, Patch and Patch and Ava. I know that's another issue I have. I don't think that's. I mean, to me, that's not rape. I mean, he told her, "If you want me to help save uh, Lucas's life." I mean, it's horrible. It's evil. It's wrong. But is it really rape? I don't. You know, I'm not a lawyer, but I don't know. I mean, it's she coercion, nonetheless. It, yeah. It's still against but your will. The same type of stuff. And that's one of the reasons I guess I I never saw the big furor. And most of the people who had the issue with that at the time were Lucas and Sammy fans. 
And Lucas was going to let Sammy fry on death row right up until the point when yep. they were putting yep. the I know, in her I know, bag. I know. It's, like, it's, just, um, it's me personally. It's my personal <laughs> thing. Do you have any more, Mike? Do, oh, you need more? No. I, well, if you had them. Okay. No, we're wrapping We have to wrap this baby up. Okay. These used to be 45 Sarah? minutes long, and now we've been doing this for, what, two hours? Hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> Sarah? Um, my honorable mentions include actually Patch and Kayla, the original version. Having them back reminded me of how mm-hmm. great they were back in the 80s when she was like, I can love you and your eye patch. It's okay to be different. Because <laughs> it was a conformist era, you know, it was childhood, and like he, she loved him so much, she got her ability to hear and speak back at their wedding. Yay, yay, Steve. You know, they don't write stuff like that anymore. Well, in part because it's really cheesy, but it was good at the time. And oh. let's see here, who else am I gonna? Jamie doesn't have Jack and Jennifer. And I don't hear John. I have not heard John and Marlena either. I mean, you know, I mean, we've done these these lists before. They've all been on there. Yes, I love Jack and Jennifer. But really, in terms of romance, it wouldn't, they wouldn't, Shane and Kim were more romantic to me. That was my romance couple. Didn't he rape her? Didn't? Rape Kim. No. Oh, he did Kayla. Sorry. Jack. I know that's what I'm saying. Trying to think through. I'm trying to think through stuff. Jack rapist. rapist. Got it. Yeah. It was marital rape. Not that that quantifies it or makes it any better, but they were married. Sarah, did you have any more on your list? Um let me think of anything that is no longer on. That are gonna be... All right, I'm going to go real obscure. When I was a kid, Robin Wright as Kelly with Jeffrey Mason's British half-brother. I was down for that. <laughs> Nobody oh, 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 Jeffrey Conrad! Yes! Uh, uh, oh, I forgot. Okay. Oh, I forgot. One. My, I forgot nobody one. has... Jillian, who did you, Jillian, who did you say? Bowman oh, fuck her. <laughs> Oh, Jillian, who did you have? I had, I forgot. You know, Robin and Jason and Stone and Robin. Like, oh my God. Yes, they were the shit. Till that funk finally broke them up. Funk, yeah. My honorable mentions are Stuart Stuart and Marion on All My Children. Oh, nice. Their their Valentine's wedding was so wonderful. Like I said, Slays and Snow, Queen of Hearts. Chelsea and Adam, who've been mentioned. Mm -hmm. EJ and Sammy, who, who have been mentioned. Victor, Todd, and Taya. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot them. Todd and Taya 1.02. They were the shit. No, I'm going to Todd and Blair over here. uh, Lucky and Liz. And then, speaking of obscure, this is one of those couples. David, Grant, and Jilly. Uh, (laughs) I mean, not Jilly. David and Kat. I'm sorry. Yes, I remember both of them. They were good. David this is a couple that is a bit more obscure, and they didn't last long. But Brittany Hodges and Bobby Mar- Marcino. Oh, that what is obscure. Did you come up with that one? 
Because I loved Brittany on The Young and the Restless. Oh, and that woman is a lawyer. She told me to tell you she is not coming back to acting. I know, she but I liked her with, for the short time that she was on the show. I liked her, and I liked her with Bobby Marcino. Um, this she wasn't about favorite actresses that were paired up with somebody. This was about favorite... Yeah, but I actually liked their couple. Kelly Capwell and Robert <laughs> Ball. <laughs> okay, yeah, I can get with that. Hey, hey. You are. And on that note, we would encourage you to comment on this episode at daytimeconfidential.com. Include your what? Include your top five list in the comments. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, if you have a DC Jargon 101 that you want us to discuss, include those in the comments as be well. Respectful. If we get enough of them, we might, we might be able to put together a podcast on it. Um, we thank you for listening. Until next time, so long. Be kind to us, because we don't know everything that you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find or you can get got. Disclaimer of my life. <laughs>